Welcome back to the Section 109 podcast. I'm your host tonight. This is Matt Coniglio. You can find me on the Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. Is Whiskey Fine? Whiskey is always fine. That's good. I like whiskey. We uh we just have we've just now watched the uh the CFC match from July of nice July of 2016 against Miami United the uh, MPSL regional uh, regional final. Don't Bre- worry. Don't Breezy wor- coming in with the the powerful <laughs> Modelo energy. Don't worry, that's not a Corona. <laughs> hey, and and here we are. We've got uh, Breezy and Smitty. I'm still clinching from that game, dude. That was something. I already knew what was going to happen, but still. See, the thing is, I knew what the result was, but I didn't really remember a lot in the middle. How many times did I jump up and yell at the referee? A few, <laughs> a few, way more than Doing I should. Doing your have. Italian hands. There, there were definitely, there were definitely a few moments of that. Let's let's be real, uh, guys. It's been a few years since we've seen that game. Uh, first, first reactions. Go, 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 go. Lots of fouls. Fouling is winning. So, and well, not in the case of Miami. Listen, we had one fewer foul than Miami did that entire game. But the thing is, we had five fewer yellow cards. Whoever counted those fouls might not have done a good job. That's possible. Well, you know. Because I feel like they had triple the fouls we did. Uh, no, they had triple the hard fouls we did. But not necessarily more fouls altogether. Listen, it's about fouling is winning is about smart fouling. It's about fouling in tactically smart moments and not just fouling for the hell of it. Yeah, I I mean, I do think, so I, we, I definitely jumped up and looked at you, uh, Matt, and said, oh my God, look at that uh, look at that foul by uh, Matt Aldred that was not called. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a beautiful pull down from behind. Um, by the way, for anyone wondering, Smitty and I are next door neighbors, and we have uh, one person over with us, Matt. So we're almost doing social distancing properly. We're pretty close. We're pretty close. If, um, if we don't social distance, or if we social distance like among everybody else, so that it's just the three of us that get infected together, that's fine. Yeah. We, I would love to be quarantined with you, too. Real that, talk. That would be pretty great. Smitty can make us steaks. We can play lots of FIFA. Smitty's steaks are pretty good. This FIFA is kind of bad. That's not an innuendo, we'll, by the way. We'll We're talking about it. actual steaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you mean like actual FIFA. <laughs> that's me throwing FIFA into a crater because it's a bad game. <laughs> Jay's not here, so I pressed the wrong button. Um, but I, I man, I, that game also made me miss some players. Um, not that I want to replace anybody, just like guys I miss watching. Let's talk about that. Who'd you miss? Number one. Number one that I missed, Sindre Welo. Not because he was the most impactful, but because almost everything he did was just fun to watch because I I, I trusted that what he was going to do was good. Sindre also took the, the, um, the Panenka. Yeah, I mean the yeah, the balls on that man. I mean, how big are his Ooh. testicles? Like to take that penenka like that. I mean, on the second the second penalty too. And for those of you that don't know, a penenka is a shot that you take from the penalty spot when you chip it over a diving keeper, and you chip it up the middle and not very hard, um, like a, not like a normal penalty. So they call it in Italian uh, a spoon because it kind of makes the shape of a spoon when it goes. Like it has a little rounded, um, dude. I mean, I still can't believe he did that. <laughs> and then him at left back, like he was just a, a security blanket. Made a lot of good tackles. Um, man. The thing about Syndra, and, and I mean, obviously it's been a while since we've all watched him play, regularly at least, but he could play right back. He did play a lot of right back for us that year. Uh, he played a lot of center back for us that year. And if you remember, Danny Reynolds was our main left back. Uh, the English left back uh, played at Louisville, played at UNC Wilmington. Uh, he was our main left back until he had to go back to Louisville that summer mm, in early yeah, I July. That. So that's when Syndra moved over from the other, you know, rotating in at, at center back and right back, moved over to be our full time left back. He's the Norwegian one, Sanchez. Basically. Yeah. And, and Dana Reynolds, by the way, now playing for Tacoma Defiance, uh, the Seattle mm. Sounders two team in USL Championship. In case you were curious. Nice. I was. I, I missed, you know, it was a real bummer that he had to go home early, but it was nice that we had someone like Sindra to step forward and yeah. just play really well. He had a really good game, too. You know who else I missed? Jake Young. 
Uh, a little bit, yeah, definitely. A security blanket, but no, it wasn't who I was going to say first or second. Matt Aldred. Him too. Security blanket. Well, go ahead and tell us. Kieran Bywater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His distribution, his set piece distribution, his crosses into the box. The curler that he, so he, so Juan had a huge cross filled diagonal. Kieran took it down perfectly and then an, an, a curler into the box to the head of Luke. But really should have been scored. Definitely should have been. There's several of our chances that should have been scored. That's basically like that season just in one game. Yeah. Without the scoring. I mean, and last season. And every season before that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, I mean, not every season. In, four, in 14 and 15, we scored a lot for fun. A lot. Um, but, man, uh, who else? Greg. I forgot how good Greg's distribution was with his hands, with his throwouts. Yeah. I remember that it was good. I didn't remember he was going out into traffic, uh, like, off of the catch, just over and over. I'd forgotten that. There was one moment where he had had caught the ball and like in the middle of like four CFC players and three Miami United players just rolled it out to somebody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just in traffic. Like it was just a cantaloupe. He was just rolling down the street to go to the market. It's a great analogy. (laughs) (laughs) And and like an off we played. We also found out in this game that Greg is very good at sucking thumbs. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he sucked that guy's thumb. I don't think it was a, um, a consensual thumb suck. I think he just ended up with a thumb in his mouth, and instead of biting it, he decided to, you know, not bite it. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't remember the end of that, and I need to dig up on my Twitter, I have, uh, I definitely did a, like a one and a half minute or a two minute um, story about one of my favorite uh, sports moments. And I did it for, I think it was um, Copa 90 or something similar, and basically what it was was talking about Greg's getting that penalty and taking that penalty and the lead-up to that and everything that happened. Um, and when one of my favorite parts about that entire game, probably my favorite part, um, is the the thumb in the mouth. The guy walks up, and, he, and the referee's like, get out of here, and he's like, no, no, I just need to say something to him. And he's like, fine, you can say something. And then he like says something, and then he puts his hand on his face. He sticks his thumb in Greg's mouth. That the, the How Greg didn't bite him, I don't know. And then... Like the guy walks away, and Greg, cool, cool as a cucumber, like nine seconds later, just buries the penalty as Keep if nothing gloves happened. On. Keep her gloves on, and they did the airplane run. One of the most memorable memorable moments in CFC history. Right Actually, there. yeah, yeah, very much so. Sure. Yeah. What? Uh, how about you guys? Who all did you? Uh, what stood out to you? What kind of things were you like? Oh man, I, I forgot about that. I missed that. So I'll go, Matt. I, I said it already. I was asking for you, but Matt Aldred. Playing, playing the six, dropping in between the center backs uh, a lot on defense, cleaning up everything, uh, just marshalling people around. That's kind of a thing we, we didn't have for a couple years. And uh, obviously it's, it's a thing that we hope we will have again uh, with some of our new players once we uh, actually start playing soccer again at some point in time. Um, but it's like you go back and watch and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize he was that good at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you I mean, it's been... He snuffed out so much. It's been five, I guess it's been four years. Like, a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot's changed and like a lot of memories have faded away. I was living in Valdosta yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yep. It's wild. So for me, it was definitely how much of a pest John Carrier was. Oh, yeah. Oh. His, his runs on the sideline and then just how zigzaggy and um, him and him and Juan 10 would change positions a yeah. lot and it was allowing allowing one to be the the kind of the regista and, mm-hmm. and carrier to like drive forward yep there is not I don't think if there is one out there I haven't, I haven't seen one there's not an American player that plays kind of like just the way that John carrier plays which is one of the reasons why he was just so different and so good. Mm-hmm. Guys, I have a, I have a tweet that I, I need to read. Um, you, some of you who are listening to this may have already seen this, but starting center back Jake Young uh, tweeted, and Matt just found this on, on the Twitters and sent it to me. I forgot how good this game was. This is from Jake. Chattanooga FC, eight 
yellow cards, one red card. And that's not speaking about how we had eight yellow cards. There were eight yellow cards in the game yeah. and one red card. Kieran Bywater sending the ball into space from the penalty spotting. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Jake and, and Kieran were, were very close college teammates. Uh, they came down together. They were teammates at West Ham in the uh, playing in the youth ranks in, in England. But my goodness, Jake, that is so rude. Uh, and then Gregory says Greg Hartley getting finger stuck in his mouth. And then I, he did not tag Will Roberts in this tweet because if you remember, longtime uh, CFC fans will remember, never Will Roberts Twitter. never had a Twitter because they don't have the internet in Wales. <laughs> 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 At least that's what Jake and Kieran told me is the reason why Will never had Twitter. I had forgotten. And apparently Will Roberts got punched yes, in that exchange. Yes, he did. I, for, I had forgotten that... That Kieran had missed the penalty. I until, forgot there. I forgot there was a penalty until yeah. I, I also forgot there was a penalty until the moment where like it's called and 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 before the camera had cut to the actual like penalty kick taker and I was like, oh my gosh, this is Kieran, right? Because Kieran was our penalty kick, mm-hmm. penalty kick taker. Uh, I think there was I think it was one earlier in, in some of the stats work I was doing, uh, kind of trying to clean up the amateur the amateur records for us. I had remembered that Kieran had taken a penalty. In a in a previous um, MPSL kind of conference game somewhere somewhere recently, and it's like such suddenly came to me. I was like, oh yeah, it was Kieran, dead ball guy. Makes sense. He would take penalties. Did not remember he absolutely hit the ball out of the stadium. He was like it was like Frank Lampard all over again. Ooh. He's gonna actually hate that. If he, he, actually, if he ever hears actually this. Frank Lampard and him are not. Um, Frank Lampard played for West Ham, um, as did yep. as did Kieran Bywater. Uh, Frank Lampard also Lampard played for West Ham for like ten minutes. Still counts. Don't ruin my don't ruin my connections. Uh, also box to box midfielder and uh, a guy that scored a lot of late or got a lot of late. Well, Kieran got a lot of late runners. Um, didn't score a ton for us, but definitely got a lot of shots on goal and a lot of creation creativity off of those late running, uh, late runs into the box, just like Frank Lampard. It's not a terrible comparison. <laughs> yeah, you I- jerk. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so rude. Uh, what else stood out? Oh man, uh, seeing Samuel Goni out there. I forgot how tricky he was not just how uh how he would because i remember him scoring a lot of goals on the break like good goals getting out not just in front but like really smooth like good play on the break but he could make his own space yeah and and while it didn't it didn't you know come off for him in this game and and really it didn't come off a lot for him in 2016 yeah um but like he could he could just make a step here or there and 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 create some space usually for somebody else um yeah it's tough when you're violently fouled a lot yeah and he was and if uh if he comes back to finley stadium uh in future in in future games are you about to say you hope they violently foul him i hope we violently foul him because he'll be on a different team i mean if if the oakland game um is is any uh, decent sample then there we will were no, be fouling a lot there were no violent fouls in the oakland game there were only soft careful just quick removing of legs and feet from the ground sure so um speaking about fouling the ref calling a substitute was my favorite part of the game i had also forgotten about that part till it happened yes this game had everything besides so, goals. The ref so, goes down like he got shot. So they didn't show. Tell us exactly what happened um, because they'd only show the first little part of it. Yeah. So I think it was around the 88th minute or something like that. It was towards the end of, of, of the first 90. Um, the referee goes down and immediately starts blowing his whistle and, and doing the, the, the substitution <laughs> hand, hand <laughs> sign. I, I don't know what happened. He wasn't moving at the time. Um, but it was, it was something it was, with his leg. Probably just a muscle thing. Like it was hot. It was extremely hot outside running around for a while. He had trying to keep up with, you know, two pretty good teams mm-hmm. for an amateur ref. Like that will probably send you into a, 
Yeah, coma. And it was it was definitely an end to end game. Yeah. I know, you know, the the editing does it's not it's not necessarily gonna show everything, but there's so many chances, both teams yeah. playing very fast. I was also really surprised I'd forgotten how old and we talked about this when we were watching the game, how old Miami United was. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a player, and in fact, I'll look him up while we're talking here to tell you his exact stats, but he played for, it was a Honduran national team. Yeah. And my recollection is he had 40 or eight, maybe 80, I can't remember, appearances, not just for his national team, but also in Serie A. Was it Franco Donato? Was that his name? That sounds right. Um, I'll look him up right now, but I'd forgotten how much experience was on that team. And who was the uh, guy that you saw, Matt, that you think played uh, for Milwaukee this year? So In the Founders Cup? Yeah, so Diego Hurtado... Uh, who I I don't I remember his name being announced. I don't remember I don't remember seeing like Hurtado on the back of anyone's jersey. Uh, but I know that he played left back from Milwaukee, and so I think I think it was number two, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. He was very involved in some of the hijinks uh, mm-hmm. that Miami was doing. Was he the guy that stuck his finger in Greg's mouth? Like, po- possibly. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn here. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm a hundred, I'm like 90% sure if it's who I think it is. He got a yellow card from Miami that night. It was a guy with longer curly yeah. hair, but that's and like by the way, half of Miami's team. if it's the same guy, then he's played at Finley stadium twice now against CFC. And has gotten a yellow card in both games for different teams Whoa. several years apart. Nice. So that's that's a little interesting. So um, I, think, I think the biggest news from the game is pre-game, and that's uh, Grega's new beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That was, uh, it was large. Yeah, I think he's been in quarantine for a while. <laughs> uh, don't be silly. England hasn't quarantined anyone. That's just rude, man. Just, they're the ones who thought herd immunity was going to get them by. Uh, they changed their minds. It took a minute, but they changed their minds. I, th- I had found, um, I had found somebody, and I, I, dang it. So if you remember, this team played. Uh, oh wait. We're we're doing it live here, folks. So. We very much. Ooh, there's no Julio Cesar. Julio Cesar de Leon. That was the player that played for Miami United. Played for the Honduran national team, and um, you had 83 appearances for the Honduran national team. He scored 14 times. His nickname was Rambo, and he played in Italy for Fiorentina, Genoa, Parma, Torino. Jesus. So, do you like him now? I don't remember him playing in Fiorentina. Um, And he also made the vast majority um, of his appearances versus, um, or as, excuse me, as a Genoa player. Ah, Okay. Okay. I'm trying to find his Wikipedia now, but I just found his uh, Julio. Well, I mean, like also like currently Miami United has uh, the former Venezuelan captain playing center back for them. And he's like 40 years old. He was on their he was on their MPSL team. He was on on their quote unquote U twenty three team during US Open Cup World uh US Open Cup qualifying this fall. Um I forget his name now, but like they've they've had some just like some random like journeymen that have been playing pro soccer for a long time and just want to keep playing at a high level and that's that's kind of the landing spot for him. By the way, Julio Cesar de Leon Daly, that's his name. He's five foot eight and a half. From Honduras, attacking midfielder. He's 40 now, which would have made him 36 in this game. <laughs> he is currently still playing professionally, by the way. Where? He is back at Platense in Honduras, apparently. That is, wow. He played at 50 appearances for Genoa, 32 appearances for Parma, 21 appearances for Torino. He had four appearances for Fiorentina. He had 65 appearances in what would probably be Serie B, which is Regina. Um, they're usually in B, where he played, and they played a ton of different Italian games before that. He also played for Real Sociedad um, and a few other ones. So, yeah, he had a... And then, it, like we said, 83 appearances for the national team. He played in that game. He was not the player that put his thumb in Greg's mouth. No, definitely not. He, uh, I think he was a little bit above that. Yeah, he'd been there once before. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, so here's here's something interesting, uh, t- kind of t- tying this to to some current times. So there are two players on the CFC roster. Well, we'll go three players on the CFC roster that are on pro contracts. Granted, everything's suspended, but like on pro contracts in in Nisa right now. Oh, I know the answer to this. Sorny Hastrack. Juan Hernandez. And Samuel Gunny, which I mentioned before, but like in case in case you guys forgot, he's he's on contract with LA Force. Uh, which is where he played in, what was it, 2018? He played for FC Golden State Force. I believe so, uh, yeah. And mostly in PDL. I think he might have had a cameo in, in the NPSL. They have teams everywhere. And um, he was in, he was playing in second division Mexico for, for a while and and came back, to, came back to California to play for the Force. Three players off that team. Surprising. Because that because it's not like it's not the three you would you would think yeah like those three aren't the last three but they're not like the stars of that Greg was one of the stars of that it's all, it's also been four years true but Greg Aldo Luke those are three of the players you kind of would expect to probably still be um, but Luke's broken he's just old and you know his knees <laughs> don't work anymore he's he's got a head time you know a head coaching gig he's a full time coach John Carrier is also a full time coach off that team yeah. Matt Aldred is a full-time strength and conditioning coach for basketball. At Furman. At Furman, yeah. And Bywater's no longer in the game. That's a guy I would have expected to be playing professionally somewhere. But he had a very, very rough go with winning a national D2 title the next year um, after this season that he played with us. No, sorry, a season and a half after that. And then uh, getting banned by the NCAA basically for double jeopardy, which was some bullshit yeah but kind of the guys you would expect that might still be playing like kieran and potentially luke who scored a ton of goals will roberts i mean i would expect will, will roberts playing, got but, two appearances in the in the championship in england just wild yeah what yeah <laughs> you didn't know that with who <laughs> with Dark. coventry city in the championship yeah oh, jesus when he was like 16 or 17 that's amazing yeah I don't know if he had two or one. I can't remember, but he had he had one or two appearances. Yeah, yeah. Smitty's staring at me right now. Yeah, I just forgot that Coventry was ever in the championship. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, that's not a hot take. I was just like, because <laughs> they're one of the teams that I think about every time I do a FIFA career mode and I take a team in League Two. <laughs> oh my god, like, they're in League like, One, not League Two. <laughs> They were in League Two. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, they've got great uniforms. I mean, Will is never going to see this or hear this because obviously they don't have the internet in Wales, as was previously discussed. But wow! But also, it's no judgment on Will. <laughs> he played on a championship team. They, he did. They probably wouldn't be as low as they are now. If they but also, <laughs> Kieran, Jake, and Will won a D two national title. And with former CFC player Paula Pita. We're at University of Charleston in West Virginia. Was Felipe Antonio on that team as well? He was. Uh, I think he actually might have graduated. I forget. I forget. But those four were on it, and Felipe Antonio may or may not have been on it. Man. Crazy. Do we, have, do we have anything? Oh, hey, you guys missed a player that was on that team. Who? Jordan Dunstan. Uh, on the team, not in the game. On the team. Oh, yeah. it's a good point, though. He was, on, he was on the team. Not in that starting lineup or didn't play in that game, but he's right. It was on the team. So I'm in the celebrations. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Good call. Well, I mean, if you wanted to go extrapolate pro players out, like there, there were a few from that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Perez had like two games maybe in the, in the like Middlesbrough and Tigres friendlies. Uh, and he's been signed and announced by Union Omaha. Uh, didn't know that was a team. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a team. They're gonna play in a baseball stadium. We'll what see are how they that goes. union of? Um, oh, they're the U- one that's union trying Pacific. to stomp out the the grasshoppers. Or <laughs> 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 I'm on a roll tonight. The the bug eaters. Yeah, those <laughs> grasshoppers eat bugs, right? 
But now we need, man, does now we need a now we need a grasshopper, a, a America grasshopper, James. Oh my goodness. To go with the Swiss one. Oh we my do. goodness. Yes. <laughs> I cannot believe you took a shot at the lovely bug eaters like that. I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't remember you, the you, name. You kind of did. Um, great merch. <laughs> They're like the second best soccer merch club. In America. Behind us? I mean, behind the cosmos. <laughs> you know, a little bit more merch than on-field product, but. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, any, any final thoughts? I have, I, have a, I have a couple, and I want to do one more little segment here um, before we let, uh, let everyone get back to their days and let us, you know, kind of break up our, uh, our fun Saturday missing CFC, but also getting a little bit of CFC. So it's been a wild few weeks since we last podcasted. Um, we haven't really talked about the suspension of the season. Um, and, and we haven't got to talk about the first game we played, right? Right. I don't huh. think we haven't yeah. podcasted since Oakland Roots. Yeah, that's fair. So let's start with, um, let's start with kind of what we felt about Oakland Roots, having watched that game. And then a little bit maybe of the prep for the season, how we're feeling, the, you know, kind of what we know so far. Obviously, everything's always changing, but yeah, get get people caught up with a few of our thoughts, and we can at least have a few of our thoughts out there, and then uh, then we can wrap it up. So my takeaway from the Oakland game is fouling is drawing. <laughs> we fouled the hell out of Oakland. Um, I I love our newer style of play because it's very fast paced, high energy. Um, every time we go for the ball, we're going to take a little bit of the man with us. Um, nothing's dirty, very, um, very direct, but it's very physical. I appreciate that. Um, Ian, um, great job getting, finding open space in the box. Beautiful, beautiful Heather. He's referring to Ian McGrath. Yes. Um, beautiful distribution from the mustache wonder himself. Kyle Kyle Carr. Carr. Um, yeah, bit of a coming out party. So talking about that game, who were you guys impressed with or who stood out to you? So there's no reason why Kyle Carr is playing in the third division. Oh, yeah. Except He's that incredible. we're super lucky and I'm glad to have him. But like you watch that game and like it, it's apparent that we're, we're like the game plan was obviously let's let Oakland have possession. They can do nothing with it when they actually decide to come forward, we'll deal with the issues where they are. And, and Kyle Carr was incredible in, in the kind of the base of midfield, taking care of those issues and, and cleaning things up. And not just, not just like being the destroyer, he went from destroyer immediately into distributor. You know, let's, let's get the ball moving a little bit. Let's see what we can, what we can do here. I think number one, and I, I think it's too early to tell about how our offense is going to be. Right. It was. I mean, that game was very early on in training. Uh, we were still. I think we we had signed uh, several players that started that game the week the week of. Uh, I think the, the the biggest key is that our defense, our defense might be pretty good. It's very good. I mean, we were playing we were playing Raymond Lee at left wing back. Speaking coming, of which, coming from coming from uh, Hartford, watch. Your leg. <laughs> oh, Raymond Lee. My God. I cannot believe he megged that guy, took that guy's soul inside his own 18. <laughs> and he would dribble through everyone. That's a, that's Players a bad would come man. Up, try to tackle him. He, nah, that's a bad no. man. And he just keeps going. Uh, Incredible. That's clearly like a high level player. Uh, Jerry Saintville, I thought, I thought played pretty well at left center back. Soren was there like, in the middle as the center back just cleaning cleaning the things up you saw that a little lot in the uh in the miami united game like he did things like that too put some respect on soren's name athlete yeah if it wasn't for soren oakland easily would have had three or four goals yeah he he His came up with some huge defense was incredible huge i feel like he was man marking jack mack a lot um who scored the eventual um game tying goal in the 92nd minute chattanooga native jack mack yeah. yeah former mls player scored several goals played yeah. with the galaxy for a few years 
Speaking of which, I wonder how many goals Jack Mack had in MLS. Quite a few, and he, and he would have saucy goals too. Yeah, like, but like go across the line even further, and you've got Sean Reynolds, who had played you know seven eight years at the pro level mm-hmm. uh, in the second division and in the first division in Iceland, and like that's a that's a I mean he's won a USL championship like that's a that's a quality player. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of the five man back line? Loved it. That we, yeah. It was, I mean, like look like. You you have to you have to put a team out there that plays uh, th- that gives you a chance to to give you a chance the best chance you have to win. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, Jack Mack for a second. Ninety five appearances for the Philadelphia Union, twenty five goals. This is Wikipedia, so mm-hmm. who knows? I but. think he played while Fuller was there, right? Uh, I think so. What what was his years? Two thousand ten to two thousand fourteen. Yeah, Fuller was there at that point. So at he, the end. So he played. Ni- he had ninety five appearances, twenty five goals. He had 43 appearances for the Montreal Impact and 11 goals. That was in two years, which means almost all the games. I forgot he played for Montreal. 24 (laughs) appearances for the Portland Timbers, five goals. Eight appearances for the LA Galaxy, no goals. 30 appearances for Indy, 11, 10 goals. And Oakland Roots, he's got eight eight goals, eight appearances. Um, So this is a very, 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 very good player. He also made the CONCACAF... Uh, gold Cup team in 2013 and won the Gold Cup. He never I made an appearance. Forgot about that because he, he does not have an appearance for the full national team. He has 15 for the U17s, one for the U20s, and two for the U23s. But he's made he made the Gold Cup roster in 2013. And he he was a from, player back then that we were looking at as somebody that could potentially be a national team player. And he's if he could have put it together. And he's from the more. next step. And he's yeah. from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He is. And he plays for Oakland Roots. He should come home. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I, I mean, he'd have to come off the bench because nobody's uh, nobody's <laughs> taking Santee. <laughs> Swagadello to you, Swagadello. So yeah, that was a crazy um, a crazy game. I was really impressed with our intensity. Kind of like going with what Smitty said. Like I, not that I don't expect us to be intense, but because it was different than last season. Because last season we played more of a possession yes. Short yeah passing the, the, style. the style of play is completely yeah. different and if and if people were expecting last season's type of play then they probably left that match thinking wow we got a draw but like holy shit we got destroyed mm-hmm. but i don't think we did no it was absolutely part of it was the game plan the right. game plan was executed perfectly let them have possession sit and back sit back clear up balls and like, and granted, there was the one ball we didn't clear at the very end that led, you know, that it, it resulted in the goal. But you know, win the set pieces because we've got some size. Uh, and 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 try to, you know, I mean, like, let's remember the the header goal that was happened to be wide open for McGrath, wasn't the only scoring chance we had. We had a bunch, you know, in about a ten minute span and late in the second half, we had a bunch of chances. Once we had, uh, once we were up a man. Uh, up a goal, you kind of on the break, and mm-hmm. uh, we just couldn't put him away, which is familiar, but also like part of the game plan. Like one of those is supposed to go in, supposed to be two zero, game over. Yeah, and so with this play style, I think it is going to be very easy for a lot of the new players to quickly endear themselves to fans because this is almost a completely brand new roster. Yeah, so they're you know they're out seven players from last year uh yeah it's something like that uh in in that game specifically in that game specifically. only phil d'amico and soren yuhash yeah. yep. were back from a previous year that played yeah because cam was injured cam and was injured and, and didn't make the we're trip still waiting on visas we're still waiting on visas for the international guys yeah yeah so and and Wheezy was on the bench but didn't didn't get subbed in. Correct. Yeah. So the hard work and the effort is something that's very easily identified, even if you're not a huge soccer fan, which a lot of CFC fans aren't. Yeah. Um, so seeing Raymond going up and down the sidelines, seeing Kyle Carr wrecking people. See like, Brian Beamont just like constantly harassing that back line. Sprinting after center backs. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, it was great. Um, and I, do you guys think that's what we're going to see the rest of the season, stylistically? Well, I mean, it's hard to talk about a season that's in the future, given our current kind of current state right now. Okay, so where are we now? 
Well, so Nisa uh, just put out a statement very recently that uh, the league is going to abide by the CDC guidelines of of eight weeks with no more than 50 people in any groups. Obviously, there are some state and local guidelines that go beyond that in certain areas of the country. Um, but Nisa went ahead and or, or followed the CDC blanket bl- blanket rules that both USL and MLS um, and I believe Canadian football are following now. And so that takes us to about May 10. And obviously recording on, on March 2021st or something like that. I, you know, we've got a long way to go and I don't want to sit here and say, yep, we're going to be playing on, on, uh, on May 16 or whatever it is, because we just don't know that yet. Uh, we don't know what the spring season is going to look like. Obviously, We've played one game. Um, if we don't play the May 10th game, which I doubt we would, we're looking at you know nine games we have to make up. How do you think they do that if we're thinking um, how they could make those games up? I would imagine that... In PSL, you play four <laughs> games a week. Let's go. <laughs> I would Ten ima- weeks of hell, baby. I would imagine we're used to it. You put together oh, no. some sort of... You, you put some sort of like, you know system where... This is the schedule based on we play. We start playing this week. This is the schedule where we, you know, start playing a week or two weeks later. So if 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 ever if we're lucky, and the guidelines for fifty people are are in effect, and that's where we like can start, you know, hanging out with one another one one another again, at least with a group of fifty. That might only get us through like the start of training. So we're looking at probably two weeks, I would guess. Yeah, I don't really see a spring season. I mean, we're looking happening. at we're looking at June one probably. Right. The NBA is looking at you know early to mid June. I think I think most other leagues are kind of saying, well, if this thing peaks in April, we come out of it, you know, in May. Give it a couple more weeks, maybe we can play. You know, the the, the bigger leagues, the the leagues with you know big TV contracts, if they can start playing under behind closed doors for for just like a week or two. They might start doing that just to get some games in, yeah. especially like the NBA, the NHL, trying to finish their seasons. We're not going to get any revenue that way, right? So, so it, it makes it makes yeah. no sense for us to do that. And and if we're already into June, then maybe it maybe it just makes more sense to to play some summer friendlies, uh, keep the guys keep the guys around, and cancel the entire NISA season and uh, just you know bring everyone back or you know depending on contract decisions that have to be made and fifa so here's the deal fifa's got to look at this too because fifa governs all professional contracts across the world uh the the european leagues and really any league in general uh if they play on, on the fall to spring system has to be done by june 30th because that's when contracts start running out so and and that's when like and that's how that's how NISA is structured, unlike the other American leagues. So at some point, NISA's but that, that's gonna, the key part, though. Unlike other American leagues, yes, but the contracts are still contracts. But we don't know exactly how they're structured. We have an idea how they're structured. Why don't you tell us, Matthew? So most of, so all of our contracts are structured around July, uh, around June thirtieth. To my, to my knowledge, they're all structured around June thirtieth. That could be a. You know, whether it was five months when they were originally signed and uh, with like a club option or whatever what goes in that they could they could be easily activated to stay for another year. Um, or, or if they were 18 month contracts. Uh, in, in either case, like June 30 is important because it's the end of the season, the absolute end of the season. So uh, because Nisa is targeted mid-August or so to start playing the fall season. I wouldn't be surprised to see them if they can if they can fire up June 15 to try to fire up June 15, play friendlies and play what amounts to a longer fall season. Get in instead of getting in 14 games in the fall. You just start earlier and you just in start earlier and just play all July. the way through. Yeah. And you try to instead of making up those all those nine games, maybe you make up five of the nine games, but well, you make up as many as you can. So here's the thing. I don't know if that makes sense because if you're going to start the fall season, you're going to have new teams. 
we already know about New York Cosmos joining for the fall. Right. So the the beginning ones may not count, or they may count. But the thing is, the New York Cosmos may be ready to go. It's all up in the air. But yeah. those teams may be ready to go on that earlier date because, I mean, granted, the Cosmos have a bunch of players out on loan to <clears throat> Detroit City, and <laughs> and all of those players could potentially, if their contracts are structured properly, and we don't know the answer to this, be called back and start their season with the New York Cosmos. Um, but they could still play like a round robin. Um, set of friendlies or whatever with the other NISA teams because here's the thing like Smitty said they need revenue generating events yeah. yes. there, there are fixed costs that happen across this um, and we're, like they, everyone is paid for in, in our situation everyone who's bought a season pass has paid for 18 games they need to give 18 games yeah. as part of that season pass Yeah. so once they start they're going to have to start as early as they can and they're going to have to play as many games as they can what, what I imagine might happen and this is where I say FIFA comes in handy because if some of these European leagues depending on when they can start if some of these European leagues say, hey, you know, like it's not going to be June 30, it's going to be July 7 or 14, and the European championships have already been postponed. So if let's say they finish July 14, roughly, it's roughly a month before the European leagues start, start up again, uh, and they might delay the season for a week or two to allow for that month break. So it's possible that FIFA says, hey, these contracts, you know, add on an extra two-week pay period like they're active. Um, they're active a little bit longer because FIFA can govern that. I mean, it's contract law, but but FIFA has a lot of pull here. So it's possible that if that's the case, that applies to all leagues that have contracts that are ending June 30th. So if you say we start back, let's say the 1st of June, if you extend theoretically again, just two more weeks, that gives us roughly six weeks to work with, with June and the 1st of July. With that, we can say, okay, we've played Oakland already. Uh, and, and the first week of, of NISA, and this is, may not be totally universal, but like the first week of NISA was East versus West. So you could say, whatever team that you went out and played originally will come visit you. And then we've got Stumptown, we've got Detroit, we've got Michigan Stars. Maybe you just do the round robin then. My are, friends, are we, we have a, a, we we have a phone call. call. All right, let's see. Uh, All right, we'll, we'll, we'll drop this for a little bit. Hello, Mr. Seaton. You are on uh, the Section 109 podcast. Uh, I bet. time caller, first time listener. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet you, didn't, I bet you did, might not have realized you were calling in. Uh, no, I did. I oh, good man. I'm glad. I'm glad you caught. We no, thought maybe. Yeah, I thought it was, I was a button one dial. of three people that saw your tweet. <laughs> I, that's that's why I was thinking maybe you didn't know you were calling in, but I'll take it. So, uh, what were your? Uh, what are you calling in for? What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, I was, you know, it's one of those things. Like everybody thought it was a good idea, and we just didn't really know a kind of turnout that we would have. I mean, we knew like you guys would be there, and we knew you know as many of Section One Hundred Nine as their lives would allow uh, currently would be there. But, you know, we didn't really know what kind of, uh, you know, response that we would get. And it was, it was fantastic. I thought it went really well. Um, it was nice that Grego was uh, able to send us a video and coach Elliot made us a couple of videos. And so it was a, uh, it was a fun thing. I think we'll, uh, we'll take a look at doing it again as, uh, as our time allows the edit took a while, but as it, as the time allows and as our you know schedule kind of evolves and, and, things change uh we're i'm not saying we'll do it again next week but it maybe you never know <laughs> so that doesn't really like okay so let's let's actually go back for a second how long did that edit take yeah that, that's question number one for sure um probably i mean better part of three and a half days four days um uh, mainly because so the original the original streaming file was three and a half hours long so i had to watch it and like make notes. So that took, you know, six hours or so. Cause you're stopping it, making notes, all that kind of, you know, all that crazy crap you guys do when you go get your XG and your heat maps. And that's not, a, that's that not stuff, the right? I mean, so, That's the, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, you don't do your own weird version of other stuff. But, that's true. Uh, that's we true. Just, <laughs> we just talk about the impact of fouls. We, we get the stats for like the team so that you guys actually have them because the league doesn't do that they do now allegedly no they do we'll just need to breezy are you trying to give me whiskey right now i was trying to give you some whiskey right now while owen was on the phone the drink, um, not the cat. but yeah. what 
I have a I have a question about uh, some of those promos. First of all, who chose Cam to be with Brian Beamant, who's obviously been doing nothing but lifting during this quarantine, and <laughs> and Caleb Jackson, who also appears to have lifted a lot, and Cam, who I love Cam. This is no shout. I love you, Cam, but like probably hasn't seen the weight room since college. Um. Yeah, so, well, what that really came down to was two things. One is uh, we can't use players whose T1 visas have not been approved. Okay. So that strikes half the wrong. You know, this, so this goes back to all that footage was shot on BD Day, which was ah, before we signed, like, the beginning of February. Before we signed, like, the last four or five guys, you know. Okay. This is before Kyle Carr and, and Ian and all those guys got signed. Okay. Um, at the end. So, so we had about 15 guys, and then you subtract the P1 visa guys, so we got about 10 guys. And then it boils down to, like, who posed the best and who could say the, their line without messing it up. So that narrowed the field <laughs> considerably. So those are the three that we got. <laughs> so you're saying so, Cam's, Cam's a clutch say performer. What, say what you want about Cam's, you know, weightlifting ability. The man can read a cue card. <laughs> so what we really need now during this break where there's no soccer is the outtakes for all the other players. Yes. Um, yeah. And can uh, we get the, a I mean, we promo? want these guys to... <laughs> no, <laughs> that'll never happen. Um, I don't, I'm not... Um, let's just say Topher's a quiet dude. So... Topher, if you're listening, he, 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 no, he's evidently like the personality you see in the karaoke videos and all that stuff does not come out except at night or something. I don't know. So, so we're just going to have to get him a little liquored up. I don't know. I don't know if there was liquor involved in that or not. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so if you uh, if we could ask you a couple more a uh, couple more questions for uh, we let you go and obviously if you've got any. Um, any, any thoughts about how the actual game went? Because rewatching it was it was interesting. But before that, um, what goes into doing this? If you wanted to do this more often, um, like if you wanted to do this every week, for example, would you guys think about doing uh, ninety minute games? Would you do things differently at all? I'm just curious. You know, we've done you've done one. Like, what are the you know what are your um, goods and and pros and cons coming out of this? Yeah, I mean. Every, you know, you can, if you were doing this for television, you would do it to get to a, a, a set time. Like, I mean, there is a, there is a product that uh, the EPL does that is a game in 60 minutes yeah. um, that, that also has commercial breaks in it. So it's like a 44, it's, a, it's like a 44 minute, you know, running time. Um, so we're not constrained by anything like that, but, um, but it's really a function of what the game gives you. Um, that match, you know, you Try to make sure you're showing all the chances, all the good chances, um, all the, you know, in that game because it was so physical, all the physicality all that the tells the story of the game. Um, yeah. yeah, all the, you know, Matt probably loved that game. It was pretty it, awesome. You know, right up his alley. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, he, he was he was just but, loving it. I could only describe it as And, and I mean, it, it was pretty obvious, pretty obvious that it got away from the, uh, the official pretty quickly. But, um, you know... I, I would think if there was a game that had more chances or had a little bit more action in both attacking thirds, that it would be a little bit longer. Um, especially after they went a man down, they just kind of parked the bus and, you know, and it was just uh, not the most compelling thing to watch. And, and being the first time we didn't want it to end up being a, you know, we knew the penalties were going to take a while to show. We knew we wanted to show all the celebration footage that we had. We knew we had a video from coach coming at the end. And so we didn't want it to turn into a two hour thing. I mean, although a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands right now, it is a Saturday where people are not working. Uh, even the people that are working remotely and we didn't want to dominate their whole weekend. Um, you know, so maybe, you know, if we, if the next game has more going on, it may be 20 minutes longer. It's really kind of what the match gives you as you're kind of editing it down. That makes sense. I mean, the, the second half, the second half of that match, I think was like 17 minutes. Right. Um, that was in the cut. So it was a lot shorter, just frankly, because there just wasn't a, most of the second half was played in the midfield, you know, and mm. it just was not, it was a lot of, a lot of turnovers and a lot of, 
you know, long passes that weren't going, turning into anything. And so it was just kind of not a whole lot. And you're also trying to not have really weird audio happening when you make a cut. So if they're, if the announcers are in the middle of telling some really random story Hmm. or, you know, saying something that when you cut it, it's going to be really awkward when you join that thing in progress or you're cutting off what they're talking about. Um, You know, you kind of, and that's where we're a little bit, you know, if this was done from a television broadcaster, one where you had multiple angles, you could, you know, layer things in, have some second looks and some replays of some things and extend the audio. But I mean, that would literally probably triple your edit time. I mean, if, if we wanted to spend a week solid on the edit, yeah, we could really polish it up and have some replays from some other looks, some of Jay's footage or some of that other stuff where we see it and then we see a replay of it and kind of extend the audio underneath it or something. But, um, you know, and because it's essentially a single camera stream, I mean, they had a second camera, but it was just, you know, right next to the primary camera. Um, They're not seeing replays. And so they're not talking about a chance, you know, as they're seeing it for a second time or something like that. So it makes it difficult to, put that second look in there and have audio that goes to it, or you just make an abrupt change to now you have natural audio for a minute and then you come back to the announce, which is fine in, in spurts, but you wouldn't want to do it a lot. Yeah. So we noticed, um, during the penalty, there was a second camera angle. Where did we get that from? Yeah, that was Jay's, uh, Jay Cayley's footage. Um, and Jay, you know, was, nice enough to give that to us to use and it was just so much better than from up top um that you know it's like well do we look at it from up top so we have the announcer or do we take the announcer feed and put it under the underneath and and to be honest it was just i thought it was just better with just the crowd reactions um than it was to you know stick with the camera from the top of the stadium i think jay's angle perfectly captured the moonshot of kieran's penalty that went awry for sure for sure uh yeah and that one actually that was i don't know if you saw in the chat on youtube but actually the stream went down for a period in the first extra period and we missed if you're just watching the stream like if you go back and watch the archive stream you'll just see a csc logo for about five minutes uh out of the 15 in that first extra period and it missed that i didn't, foul I didn't know that, that yeah, I was living. Yeah, in, so um, I I had moved away from fortunately, Chattanooga fortunately at the time, Jay, and I remember that well. Yeah, so fortunately, Jay had that uh, angle and had, had captured that, and he had the GoPro of the, um, you know, the PK as well, and so we were able to kind of splice that in, and uh, you know, at least show you that it happened. So, Owen, to wrap this up, what can we? I mean, obviously, Nisa has has. Uh, as said, you know, we're doing another, you know, seven or so weeks uh, with with nothing going on at the at the minimum right now. So in these next roughly seven weeks, what can we expect from from CFC uh, in terms of content and and ways to keep people engaged and also you know in their own homes, uh, things like that. Sure. So we will continue to, I don't know if you've seen on the social channels, we have been, all the players have been sharing their series to binge watch and their music to listen to and books to read. We'll continue to do that Love. one a day, Monday through Friday. And Love so, those. So we use those up. Love those. They're fantastic. Um, so which, yeah, so it gives you a little bit of insight into their personalities a little bit and maybe gives you something to occupy yourself with, uh, as well. And, um, we have a couple of initiatives that we're working on. We're kind of, um, we've gathered some really, really good ideas. We know some ones we want to pull the trigger on, but, you know, we don't have all the players here yet. Um, you know, a bunch of them are coming back on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so once we have everybody back and we can get schedules to shoot some things and, you know, and the other part of it too, is like we don't want to um, risk the player's health by sending camera guys over to them for things. Um, so we will be asking them to shoot some things on their phones for us and stuff like that. So you will see some true user generated content. Um, we also are really, really taking this opportunity to be as community focused as we can be on a lot of things. So 
like today, the raffle benefited uh, YMCA. We raised five hundred and twenty dollars for the J Henry YMCA, which uh, nice. is the food kitchen in town. That's they fantastic. provide meals for the OGA. They provide meals for the OGA kids during the year, um, but OGA obviously is on pause, and a lot of these kids that get fed at school and through OGA are food threatened now. And so, obviously, it's crucial that the YMCA continue to to be able to provide those meals. Um, currently they are limited in how much like in-person help that they can take, like you going down there to help them do meals for obvious reasons. Um, although they're looking at kickstarting that again soon with some restrictions. Um, but we figured this was the best way to help them. Uh, we also did the, um, we're doing the Phantom and Biddy thing with the flex packages. So, um, we've got about 20 or so more gift cards from Bantam and Biddy that if you buy a flex pack, um, you get a gift card to Bantam and Biddy. They, they um, obviously have had to close and are only doing takeout. So it's a way to help drive some business to them. Try to, you know, they're a small, small business. Um, we're doing, or uh, I'm sorry, that's not Bantam and Biddy. That's uh, Moen family, um, which is all the, it's the uh, Clyde and Taco Mamacita and, um, I'm drawing a blank on the other ones that they have. Uh, Market South is theirs. Maybe Terminal? Um, and Urban Stack. Urban. Uh, no, Urban Stack. Um, oh, okay, yeah, right. So, yeah, so they actually are not doing takeout at all right now. They have already closed, and so obviously that's a big hardship for a family business. Um, and so this is a way that you have a gift card in your pocket when they start back up, and we can help jumpstart things for them when they start back up again. Um we will be doing some giveaways with some Phantom and Biddy gift cards um, uh, as well to help them. They're, they're doing carry out. So we're doing a lot of these kinds of things for our small business partners to really kind of help them through this time um, during, you know, all of this uncertainty, especially for people that are hourly employees and, and are displaced right now. Um, so we are working on some community things for the players to do. There's a reading initiative that we're working on with a couple of different organizations to have some players do some reading remotely via Zoom or something like that, um, you know, to read to kids um, while they're home from school and to give the parents a half hour where they don't have to, you know, do something for the kids. Um, so we're working on a, a lot of those kinds of things that we can, you know, roll out here in the in the near term to keep things going and obviously you know we have to keep preparing for matches when they start back up and we you know right now even though it's looking like may we're still going to try to get the whole season in which would mean a condensed schedule so where um there would be you know multiple matches in a week probably wednesday saturday you know type situation to get get through the spring season so you're thinking potentially, and I think you, you said May, but I think you, you probably meant June. Um, we're looking at a June restart, right? And then you would play kind of a lot of a condensed schedule through June and July to try to get that full season. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of scenarios in the calendar. I mean, May 10 is the day that essentially, you know, um, things could start back up, not playing matches, but you resume training, those kinds of things. Ah. Uh. Um, so there's a scenario where there's a scenario where there could be matches toward the end of May. Got but it, got I it. mean, you know, the, everything is everything is so fluid that you know, and because with literally with half the teams in the league in California, and California is totally on lockdown right now, and has I think the second most number of cases in the country right now. Mm. Um, you know, I think we're all we're all you know, and MLS and USL are all in the same boat. I mean, if you can't restart the league, if if one state or two states is still, you know, not allowing public gatherings or not allowing even training. Cause right now most places are groups of 10. If they're not on lockdown, it's groups of 10 or less, but you can't train with 10 or less. Sure. So, um, you know, so there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, Jeremy and the league and, um, Kim and everybody are, you know, they're in contact on a daily basis with everybody just to kind of, see what the latest is and get any updates that, you know, may be out there. And, you know, right now it's just every, like everybody else. We're just all in a waiting pattern and, yeah. um, you know, finding the best things to occupy ourselves with. Uh, you know, I mean, I can tell you, um, you know, we're all working remotely, but I can tell you that 
everybody on our staff put in a solid eight to 10 hours a day, every day last week, you know, working on this, working on other things, working on, you know, just basically keeping forward momentum moving toward whenever the home opener ends up to be. Sure. Yeah, that's it. We also will, uh, not, not to break news, but um, I mean, go. this is obviously makes sense, right? Uh, there will also be a jersey reveal at some point. Go on. Um, we have to, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we we are sorting through what that may look like. It's not um, not reasonable to assume that in the next two, three weeks that there'll be a way that we could do a traditional jersey reveal, which would be not even uh, forget the public gathering piece of it, but I mean, it's not like we could even get players together, put them on and film them, um, you know, to, to show that like you would typically show a Jersey just because of, you know, worrying about everybody's health. So it may be renderings. It may be um, individual, you know, people wearing a Jersey filming themselves. I, you know, there's a lot of ways it could look. I don't know what it's going to end up looking like, but at some point there will be a kit reveal. Um, you know, I would say, uh, I would say, you know, definitely by mid-May. Cool. Maybe you mean mid-May early. when we start playing again, yeah. roughly? Well, then we're not going to start playing, but I, if we start <laughs> playing again in May, it's going to be the end of the month. Yeah. So when we could potentially start practicing again, potentially. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Well, thank you, Owen, for uh, giving us the lowdown. I did not realize uh, why the uh, the camera angles were like they were. Um, I, I did not remember we had two cameras, though I noticed there was the random, like, more zoomed in from the same angle uh, camera that I was kind of wondering. Yeah, they're two literally, two literally next to each other, yeah. So that's yeah. that That was really fun. Uh, I was super stoked personally to see... Um, a level of professionalism in like the transitions between the, um, the merch talking about merch and talking about flex tickets. And like, it's not that we never have anything that's, that's like professional quote unquote. I mean, we have like moments of professional, but those were so seamless, like so excellent. And it just felt like a, a professional broadcast. So I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, and I, I enjoyed the game, of course, too. And I thought you guys did an excellent job cutting it. I did not even think about having to cut the audio so it made sense. Um, that's I'm sure that was a tremendous amount of work. Luckily, if you do cut a normal 90-minute game, at least you won't have 120 minutes of play time. You know, maybe, maybe it's easier, maybe it's not, depending on how the game goes. But uh, maybe it'll be a little easier to fit into a, a 60 or 70-minute. But I think this one was still, I think, Matt, timed at 71 minutes. 71 minutes from the top of the broadcast to the end. So that was uh, that was about the perfect length. Yeah. yeah, we were shooting for an hour, but obviously with the you know with the celebration footage, which we we literally showed you almost every bit of the celebration stuff that we yeah. had because it was so good, um, you know. And then obviously Bill's videos, you know, pre and post, and Grega's video. We wanted to make sure. I mean, I thought that was fun that Grega, um, you know, sent that over, and not only see anybody who like cast it to a TV missed out. Cause if you watched it in the YouTube interface, uh, in a browser, there's a live chat that happens on the side and Greg pops into the live chat for a minute. Oh, I did um, not see that. So if, yeah. So if you guys want to go back and watch it, Greg, does pop in. You can, the, if you go back and rewatch it now, the live chat happens like, like it happens. So you can kind of watch it free, you know, in in uh, like a replay of the match with the accompanying live chat, so uh, so you can get a kick out of that. Um, but we had uh, almost 200 people watch, there at the start to watch it, and you know if you joined late, what it does is it, it joins you in at the beginning, and so when the match ended, there were over almost 400 people watching. So nice, it's kind of cool that we had that that kind of uh, turnout on a on a Saturday with um, reasonably good weather here. Um, and in about 24 hours, I'll be able to log into the YouTube and see account and see kind of where most people were watching from. There's a good, I know that it was um, probably only about half Chattanooga area folks that we had a lot of folks from a lot of different places watching. Very, very cool. I can't wait to hear where people were watching from and I can't wait to you guys do this again. So thank you for putting it together, man. This was well, a, a massive bright spot in my in my week. 
why don't you guys help us pick the game for the next one? So if you guys want to brainstorm and maybe narrow it down to like three or four and then put up a Twitter poll, we will retweet and see what we can come up with and figure out what match should be the next one. That sounds like a great idea. Gang. We'll see what we can do. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the call, Owen. Thanks, Owen. And thanks for that broadcast. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. You too, Owen. Okay, so we're gonna put together. That's great. Um, we're gonna put together a, a little poll and figure out what game we're gonna watch. Also, if anyone did not get that, that was Owen Seaton, the chief marketing officer for Chattanooga Football Club. Um, yeah, wow. Like, w- if they're gonna let us put together, that's a bad idea. Okay, so I think so Georgia I don't know Revs. How to put together a poll. <laughs> Georgia Revs away seems like a good. Uh, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> Actually, Conductor having to put a camera unless, on top of an so Unless it's last year's game with Everson Lima heading the ball in from 40 yards out. You Those know, are my only qualifications. You know, you know what the next game is, for sure. Cosmos? Nope. Sacramento Gold? Nope. That's bold call there, it, Cotton. Okay, you're fired, and you <laughs> also named a loss, so you're double fired. Um, no, it's Memphis from that same playoff run. Oh, we're just going to go back a little bit? I want Wilmington. Ooh, I don't know if we have a full the original from 2014. I don't know if we have mm-hmm. a full stream, but I'm in. Ocala. Mm-hmm. We might have, we might have the uh, the 2015 Wilmington stream. That was at Wilmington, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. should still be there. You know, we've beaten more than one professional team. Yeah, or well, we've we we've beat won, them. We've we won professional so, games more than once. We we beat them so bad they were ceased to become a professional team. Now they cease to exist. Hey. Yep. And I trolled some of them in a uh, 24-7 diner in Wilmington <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> when I was a, a younger man. Well, we'll we, will, we will figure out a way, put together some games, see what, uh, see what strikes our fancy uh, for the next one for the club. Because I imagine we might do this in a couple of weeks. I would, I would love that. And if and maybe we can take some of the lower down the totem pool games that are still fun, and maybe we can stream those and do some uh, like private watch parties. Not private, like that no one else allowed to go, but like smaller versions where we, uh, where we get together and we watch some of those on like a Wednesday or a Sunday or maybe a Saturday that CFC doesn't do. Could be fun. All right. Well, thank you boys for joining in for this impromptu podcast. It was a blast. Uh, Smitty, thanks for walking the eight feet from your front door to my front door. Yep. I uh, I did better than the referee did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no pulled muscles. No pulled muscles. Matthew, thank you for making the trip over. Of course. Happy to, happy to kind of host and almost produce. Now go back in your bubble and roll, roll back home. Yeah. Go back yeah, to your, go back exactly. to your full quarantine, you and whiskey. Yeah. Well. That's what we have to do. And for all of you listening at home, whether it's three weeks from now or a day from now, because I don't know when we're going to be able to get this on the uh, on the podcast feed, thank you for listening, and go CFC.